And a good Monday afternoon to you. Welcome on in to the Ameren, Illinois Lunch Show here on ClabesOnline.com. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Mike Claiborne, who is out in Phoenix, Arizona, for the Cardinals and D-backs series this week. Klaibs, uh, what's what's the temperature? What's the current temperature <laughs> out there right now? You know what, man? I, I got to tell you, we got in last night, and we landed. It was 99 degrees. Okay? <laughs> and so here's the thing. When you walk through the halls, you feel the heat. The floor is warm. I, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, there's no movement outside. Uh, there's no wind. There's no nothing. I mean, it's stagnant heat, uh, and this is not good. Uh, again, the floors are warm. The windows are warm. You know, the air conditioners are sweating. I mean, they're pumping out as much air as they can. Um, so I'm anxious to see what the ballpark's going to be like. I mean, they have a roof, but I don't know if they have enough. I don't know what the, I don't know what that situation because you know they've kind of run that thing into the ground. They don't yep. want to be there, so there's no telling what provisions they've made uh to accommodate you know what what the weather's like outside so uh it's different man it is truly different than any heat i've experienced in my life i was gonna say the second you walk outside that's just gonna slap you right in the face it's like (laughs) i'm serious man we got off that plane last night and no you know there was a wind last night it was windy so now it's like heat being thrown at you. I haven't been out today. I, I you know what? This is as close as I've been to a window. Uh, <laughs> when even- it's crazy because when I was out there, that's what the Super Bowl was. So I was out there in February, and I was expecting it to be warm there the whole time, even though it was you know still February. You're in Phoenix. You're expected to be warm, and the night of the media party, it dropped like it was in the fifties. Yeah. Down there, yeah. I mean, like, normally you and, have to put a sweater on a media party to where they had to bring out space heaters. Like yeah. they had to bring out space because it was an outdoor. It was like at an outdoor farm, and nobody there had brought any clothes, expecting to have to dress for for that kind of weather out there. Well, you're always, now you're no, hold on. Yeah. You always, if you've never been here, you should always dress for uh, uh, cold, cool nights. That's why I won't live here because you know here you literally have to bring your whole wardrobe. Uh, shorts in the daytime, sweater at night. So, I don't think you're gonna need a sweater this week. I didn't even pack one. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna need one. I, think I have a long. I have two long sleeve shirts. And that's it. <laughs> we have so much to get to on the uh, on the show today. We have to recap uh, from last week um, how that show ended when we were out at Munganass and some of the uh, some of the things that were brought up. On the show there, we will uh, we will dive into uh, to old classic TV talk later on in the uh, in the program. We uh, we have a Hall of Famer uh, Hall of Famer now with the Cardinals after yesterday in Cooperstown. But let's let's start with the Cardinals because all eyes are going to be on them for this next week. The uh, the trade deadline less than ten days away, and the Cardinals go out to uh, Chicago this past weekend and lose three out of four after. Uh, being on a six-game win streak and looking like they were turning things around. And then the opposite happened, and I think we could all stop wondering if the Cardinals are going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. Uh, There will be moves made this week, just a matter of uh, when. We've already seen Genesis Cabrera traded up to Toronto for a uh, catching prospect. Yeah, but that's different. Um, Cabrera kind of tore his drawers with the organization. That that, that was something that they just wanted to 
he needed a new, new place. That he has nothing to do with what's going to happen this week. So I, I wouldn't put that in the same category. Um, the question I think, and I ask everyone this question, when people say so we got to move some people, all right, what do, what do you want in return? What are you looking for? Uh, you're looking for prospects. You're looking for suspects. So if you're looking for prospects that are close to being big league ready, so who you have, who you acquire is a person that you want to be able to come into spring training next year and compete for a job on the big league roster. Okay. That's what you're looking for. So the next question is what organization develops players commensurate to what you, what you like to have in your organization. Thirdly, do you have to go back and reevaluate how you assess talent? You know, I think they they missed on some players that they thought were better, and now they realize these people can't contribute. So you, you have a lot of things you have to get into before you even make a deal. And I think we have to be in, in tune with that. Uh, you know, I, everyone you talk to, oh, we got to make a trade. We got to get rid Well, okay, so let's walk the process. So you're looking for guys, uh, again, who are, are contract uh, controllable, looking for prospects. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of things that go into it. So before we start talking about getting rid of somebody, let's think about what we want to return. Does you know? any of that? Yeah. I don't and think when you people think like that, when you do look at that, too, I, I, I think another thing that comes into play with that is when you do move some of these big league ready guys, who's going to come in and take their place on the roster? Absolutely. This year? So you are looking. So if you are looking at making a move for somebody like a Paul DeYoung, Right now, if you are looking to trade Paul DeYoung, you're starting shortstop now, especially with Tommy Edmond and uh, on the IL and Brendan Donovan unable to throw right now. Then you're looking, okay, who's my shortstop going to be? He's Mason Wynn. Okay, so is Mason Wynn 2023 ready to be on a big league roster? Well, but here's the, here's the deal. I'm not now that you, if you're going to raise a white flag and surrender, why not bring him up and let him get some playing time now? compared to starting next year and say he's never been to big leagues before. Yeah. And, and, and I use the, the Volpe situation with the Yankees, the Yankees opened a season with a guy who'd never been in the big leagues before. All right. And he got out to a really good start and then he hit the wall and then he was lost. And then they were like, what are we going to do with this guy? So why not take advantage of the next eight weeks and let this kid play, let him have fun, let him succeed, let him fail. So now he has a better idea on what's going to be required of him when he comes into spring training next year. Uh, yesterday, Bob Nightingale, who uh, does a weekly podcast here on ClavesOnline.com, uh, kind of shocked a lot of people with a report about the Cardinals talking about them being sellers and throwing a list of names out there that they would be willing to part ways with, one of those being recently uh, acquired free agent, Wilson Contreras of the uh, with the Cardinals. We know that it's been a, a bit of an up-and-down first year for Wilson Contreras with the relationship with uh, the Cardinals. We saw him uh, lose that catching position and just DH for a few weeks, and now he's back, and now it's kind of a rotation between three catchers. Cardinals signed him to a five-year deal, how would it look or how does it look if the reports are true that he's on the trade block? Well, you know, you know I, I, I respect Bob's um, information. I think it's got to be talked about uh, because it's not working. Okay. I mean, it's, it's disappointing uh, for a lot of different reasons. And 
now that you see that uh, Herrera has shown significant improvement from last year, you have Kisner, you may lose him this offseason for one reason or another, but you can go out and get a veteran backup catcher. And there's a couple of guys that are going to be available that can help this young man, along with the fact that you probably ought to hire a catching coordinator for your organization. But with all that said, that means you're going to probably have to eat a big chunk of that contract yeah. if you can get somebody to take. Uh, you know, I'm not saying the Cardinals have given up on them, but, you know, it, it's it's not working to anyone's expectations. How does that look for the future for free agents if you trade a guy six months into a five-year deal? You know, I think you have to explain why it didn't work. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, the, the thing is, if, you, if you're that, if you have to give a no trade to a free agent, that's fine. Or an opt out to a free agent. Now that, that might come into play where, you know, maybe you have an opt out after two years or three years, you know, if you sign a guy to a five-year deal. Right. Uh, but the chemistry here just isn't, isn't working to the expectations of the organization. As a, uh, as a broadcaster, as somebody with the team uh, every day, Claves, this is a, uh, this is a situation this week that you, are really unfamiliar with from this side of things and a lot of people on the team are, are kind of unfamiliar with. So from your perspective of it as, as an employee, as all of that, how are you approaching the way you're going to cover it and how you guys are talking about it on the air? Kind of give us a little inside and baseball with it, that. It really doesn't change. You know, when we talk about the game. Okay. We leave the speculation to others. Uh, you know, obviously we have opinions, but we're here to do the game. And, and that's the most important thing. We, we're going to do the games no matter who's in the line, all right? And, and that's how you have to approach it. You know, for me to sit here and speculate on what they should do, what they shouldn't do, you know, I, I have opinions. I, I tell you, I've said this before. You know, I thought Sean Murphy would have been a better addition. But, you know, ball club felt like they would have had to give up too much, you know, and hence the reason why they didn't make the deal. But, you know, we all have opinions. But my job, and I can speak for Ricky and, and John and, Chip and Brad, Jim Edmonds, everybody else who's involved with Brock, we're here to do the games. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're not, you know, we leave the other stuff to people who want to speculate, and which, which I think is amusing to me. And if you go online, there's so many people who are writing trade stories, and 98.9% of them wouldn't even know what a Cardinals clubhouse is. Okay. <laughs> That's what kind of rubs me because it's all speculation. They have no clue on what they're talking about. All right. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've talked to multiple general managers that will tell you that 90% of the things you read are untrue. There's only like 10%. And I can give you the list of guys, guys and women who are credible when it comes to this. The rest of them are full of it. They have no idea what the hell they're talking about. People on great talk shows, radio talk shows, have no clue. All right, uh, but you know they they have a voice, they have an opinion. It's their right to say what they want to say, but they're doing everybody a disservice. 
the uh, the trade deadline August first, five p.m. on August first. Uh, keep it here on Klabe's online because we will have uh, we'll have daily cards live each and every day, and any other news that pops up, we will let you know all about it uh, as soon as we hear about it here on Klabe's online. And then you and Bob Nightingale get together later this week too, and uh, talk uh, talk things over. Be uh, hopefully I'll see Bob at the ballpark. Uh, I was going to say, see, yeah. I know he's at the Hall of Fame yesterday, so hopefully I'll see him and maybe we can do something on Wednesday. We will talk about that Hall of Fame induction in just a bit. Last week we did the show. We were out at Munganass, Alton, Toyota, and Claves. You and I saw firsthand all of the cars that they have available out there at Munganass, Alton, Toyota. New cars, used cars, even non-Toyotas out there on the lot. Uh, plenty to choose from. If you're looking for that brand new car or uh, looking for a car for your recent grad as they head up to college or you're uh, somebody that just turned 16, uh, they have everything that you could possibly need out there at Munganass Alton Toyota. Oh, they sure do. I mean, this selection is incredible. You know, we, we've heard so much about the shortage of this and, you know, the, the delays in getting cars. Uh, but Munganass, I think because of their longtime experience in the business, has been able to acquire cars. A lot of dealerships don't have. Uh, they have a better selection. Uh, they have an incredible staff that knows how to fit something in your swim lane. Uh, but you mentioned the used cars, which you know they like to call them pre-owned. Um, they they don't take just any pre-owned car. I mean, these cars have to meet a certain standard that they want to make sure the next person that has it will have as much enjoyment with it as the person who had it before them. So if you're looking, if you're thinking, this is a time to check it out. Right before school starts, there's going to be a ton of cars on the lot. Go by and check them out. I think once you see firsthand, you'll understand why so many people have found Munganast, Burkhardt, Toyota to be their go-to. Uh, whether in Alton or you can go across the river and go over on Manchester and check out an even bigger variety of Lexuses, everything else that they have on that lot. But between the two, there's going to be a car to have your name on. We will take a one-minute break with this Ameren Minute. It is the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show presented by Gray Bar and Munganass St. Louis Acura. Talk about what happened in Cooperstown yesterday. Two new inductees into baseball's Hall of Fame. Lots to get to here on the Lunch Show. Claves and Joe. Well, there's a really a big storm with lots of outages and, and lots of damage. Does Amron, Illinois, do they do they reach out to other companies? We do. We're part of what we call the uh, Mutual Assistance Network. And uh, that's other companies here in the Midwest that if we need assistance, we can call in resources from the generally contiguous states to Illinois. In a very big storm, uh, there are different mutual assistance organizations across the country. We've called in folks from as far away as Texas and Florida, uh, Colorado to come help out in the storm. And we do the same when uh, hurricanes hit Florida and, uh, and the Gulf Coast. So uh, we, we do help each other out. We have uh, a resource in Lyman that are in limited supply, so there's only so many Lyman in the U.S. And we know that we have to support. We're back here on lunch with Claves and Joe. It's the Ameren, Illinois Lunch Show, uh, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and uh, powered by Graybar. Joe Roderick, Mike Claiborne, after a, a bit of a, a technical difficulty there. Claves live out in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Claves. <laughs> it might, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that's uh, messing with something 
with all kinds of stuff out there. Uh, Want to get into the Hall of Fame stuff, but quickly, British Open this past weekend. Uh, Nick Ragone, Andy Hansman talked about it on the walk in the fairway this past uh, this past week on the show. Brian Harmon wins. He uh, was 26th in the PGA Tour, wins his first ever major tournament, uh, was the runner-up back in 2017 at the U.S. Open. Uh, how much of it did you get to watch this weekend? I was in and out. It, it was on in the clubhouse. Um, it just, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Open fan because every time you turn it on, the weather looks crappy. Mm-hmm. And the courses look like, you know, as I always tell people, if that course was in St. Louis, I wouldn't pay to play on them. They, they just don't look attractive. And I understand that's where golf started. And this guy's a lot of tradition. It's my least favorite event of the four majors. Okay. Uh, but, you know, um, Harmon was a guy who, you know, he got off to a good start and he was able to just stay consistent. I mean, I didn't think he was electric. But you know what? Uh, the other guys just couldn't catch him. I mean, Rory tried to make a run at him. Some other guys, John, I thought John Rahm was going to make a run. But they, they couldn't put it together uh, for one, whatever reason. And so, you know, you tip your cat to Harmon. Maybe this is a start. But I think it goes to say, once again, how the the tour, some people think it's great that we have a different guy winning every week. But I think also people are disappointed we don't have that person that we know is going to be in the final pairing or two on Sunday. Uh, we don't have that guy right now because it's so spread out. Uh, and maybe that's good for the game. I don't know. But. Um, I wasn't enamored with it, to be honest with you. We'll have golf here <laughs> in St. Louis. The Ascension Charity Classic will be September 5th through 10th. Um, and that uh, comes your way out at Norwood Hills Country Club uh, once again here in St. Louis. Um, Nick Ragone, uh, we have him on each and every week here on Claves Online talking golf and talking about some of the big names they uh, keep bringing or keep signing to play here in September. Uh, Claves, I don't think I've had, are you guys, are the Cardinals home during that? Uh, no, we're on the road, but I'm not sure if I'm on that trip or not. I, gotcha. uh, um, you know, I've had a chance to go to that event a couple of times and it, it's been really cool. So um, I, I'm, I got a list. Matter of fact, I have to look at the schedule today uh, and see where, where, where I'm going to be. Uh, it's my hope that we'll be here in St. Louis. All right, you can catch that this Thursday. Nick, we're going again talking golf here on Claves Online. Claves uh, Hall of Fame weekend in Cooperstown. Fred McGriff, Scott Rowland, uh, Pat Hughes also in the uh, the Hall of Fame. So he was not in Chicago with you guys this past. Uh, no, now. Pat wasn't there. And neither was Ron Coomer. Uh, their whole broadcast team went to Cooperstown. Um, I saw that. Yeah, I, my, I, I'm uh, friends with Matt Spiegel, who uh, 670 the score, and I saw he yeah. was on the call for that. And at first I thought I was like, that's, uh, you know, are they doing some kind of gimmick up there? But then I realized, no, it's everybody's out in Cooperstown to honor Pat Hughes. Yeah, and, and uh, Pat, one of the nicest people in the business. Um, happy for him. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I've not always agreed with the hall and their selection process. Um, but, you know, Pat's a guy that's, you know, he's paid his dues. He's done a nice job and uh, that's important. Uh, but I'm always look at I always look at the hall on the broadcaster side with a jaundiced eye on how a person who who do who could do games for 50 years. Been part of multiple World Series teams as far as broadcasting is not in the Hall of Fame. That's Mike Shannon. Mm-hmm. And he probably won't get in the Hall of Fame. John Rooney's a guy who probably should be considered more considering his multiple years, I think he's coming up on 40 years in business. 
you know, uh, guys done World Series in both leagues. Uh, and so, you know, the process is maybe a little flawed, I guess. But you know what? It, it doesn't take away from what Pat Hughes has done. No. Scott Rowland goes in <laughs> a uh, former St. Louis Cardinal, won a World Series here in St. Louis. Have they announced any? I, 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 maybe I've missed it. Have they announced it when they're, if they're retiring 27 with uh, Scott Rowland? I haven't heard anything to that effect. I, I guess we won't hear about that until uh, Cardinal Hall of Fame weekend, which is coming up in August, I believe. So we, we will probably know more about it then. But I haven't heard anything uh, recently. I've been kind of out of touch. But I know there was a huge contingent of Cardinal front office, including Mr. DeWitt and Mo and some other people. Uh, the Cardinals were well represented uh, to support Scott Roller, who had his best career, uh, best years of his career in St. Louis. Yeah, when you look back at it, because I was I was looking at his career um, numbers and everything, because I, the, the defensive numbers, I know when he was here, Plenty of Cardinal fans probably thought they would never see a better defensive third baseman than Scott Rowland in their lifetime. And then just 10 years later, here comes Nolan Arenado to uh, to to show them up with that. But when you look at his numbers, he put up such good numbers in Philadelphia, but they never won anything. Yeah. And then came here and was part of one of the most successful runs that the Cardinals have seen. And then just, I mean, the, the year in Toronto too. I mean, playing on that surface in Toronto – probably took off another year or two at the end of his career. You know, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting career. And I, I guess for me, you know, I've been blessed, man. I saw Kenny Boyer play. Kenny Boyer was the MVP, gold glove third baseman. Saw Terry Pendleton play. Terry Pendleton could, could pick it with anyone. I've had a chance to watch Scott Rowland, now Nolan Arenado. And they all brought a different glove to the ballpark, but they were really, really good when they played. Uh, but Roland, I think from an offensive standpoint, was a guy that when you think about the years when he played with Edmund and, and Albert, those that, that was a really good group of players. And uh, the fact that he was such a versatile guy, he was a big guy. Scott's 6'4", a big, big third baseman. I'm supposed to go and, play college basketball. Yeah. I mean, he was a tennis player. I mean, he was an incredible athlete. Uh, he stuck with baseball and uh, – you know, it turned out well for him, and I'm happy for him. Uh, he's a good man. I, I had a great relationship with him. Uh, he was a soft-spoken guy to a point, but when you got him worked up, man, he could give it to you with the best of them. Fred McGriff also goes in. That took <clears> way <throat> too long for Fred McGriff to yeah. uh, to get into the Hall of Fame. So glad to see that he's in there. And it's, it's one of those ridiculous things where if he had 500 home runs, would have been in first second ballot yeah i agree but because it was 493 it took him a little a few more years than it than necessary well you know you think about strikes and lockouts and things of that nature that he was part of that took away from him uh he was always a valuable guy everybody wanted him on the trade deadline i mean that's why he played with so many different teams because he could help you and, and one of the nicest people you'll meet and you know, i know we're doing the hall of fame when he was announced uh I was giving him grief about the fact. I said, had you not done those Tommy Mansky commercials and that, that cap you wore, you, you probably would have been in before now. And he said, you don't know how many people have said that to me over the course <laughs> of time uh, and how little money he got out of that thing. But he got he got his deal. Uh, couldn't meet him a nicer person. Uh, very, very appreciative of the honor. And I, I think when you look at these two guys and what they were able to do for the game, uh, these are your guys, okay? These guys didn't have a cloud over their head. These guys didn't cheat the game. Uh, these guys were just what a Hall of Fame should be all about. 
I uh, I saw next year's class of who's there. I mean, Adrian Beltre is a lock. Yeah. To get in there next year, and I saw that, and one name that didn't pop up was Ichiro, and I'm trying to figure oh, out. No, but I've, I'm trying to think. Like it feels like it's been eight to ten years since Ichiro last played, and I think what what I forgot about, and I would imagine other people have, the start of the 2019 season, the Mariners played two games in Japan to open up right. the year. And Ichiro was on the roster for those and played in those games to do that for, for Japan and for the Mariners organization. And so the clock for him going into the Hall of Fame didn't start because of those two games he played at the start of the 2019 season. So Ichiro's not eligible until 2025. That's unfortunate, but he, he'll go in. He's a first ballot. That's gotta be, it's got to be 100%, right? There's, there's going to be some asshole that won't do it. We've had two now, right? There's been two with Griffey and uh, Rivera. Rivera I feel, yeah. They were both 100%, yeah. right? I feel yeah. like, I mean, there's plenty that we've said, yeah, throughout the years that have to be 100%. I mean, you know, Ozzy out- was close. Ozzy yeah. was close. I mean, there's somebody I mean, out there that didn't put close. Tony Gwynn on their first ballot. So yeah. it just and, goes and, to you know, show you, here's you know, what some of these writers were thinking over the years. They're, you know what? They're rapidly becoming irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Nobody reads them. Uh, I won't say nobody. Fewer people read them. Uh, they want to have a footprint. I'm of the belief that why aren't broadcasters involved in the voting process? And if you're gonna if you're gonna vote, if you covered a guy, if you wrote on a guy when he was playing, your vote should weigh more than a guy who has a, a writer's card and has a vote. Yeah. Who, who's never seen these guys play? Right. If you were a former player, if you're a Hall of Famer. You should have a vote uh, if you play with or against this person. But to just hand it over to some guys just because they have a card and because they're up to, to vote, I think is is ludicrous because yeah. they miss, they miss, and then they want to make a statement, you know, and, and be be seen and heard, and but and nobody cares about them. You know, I think that's wrong. But you know, I think every Hall of Fame that we see has a process that may be flawed in one way or another. Yeah, we will see uh, next. Uh, the next Cardinals to get in, I guess, is going to be Albert and uh, Yachty. I'm trying to think if there's anybody with Cardinal ties that'll go in over the next uh, four years between those two. Nothing. No one stands out, but I'm sure there's somebody. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you a guy who might be out there. Maybe what about Carlos Beltran? Do you think what happened in Houston hurts his chances? Yeah, I think it does. But here's the thing. Anybody who knows Carlos Beltran knows what an elegant professional he is, okay? And they pinned this whole thing on him solely. He didn't. He had to have some help, okay? There were some right. other people that were involved. But he's taking the hit for it because he's the most recognizable guy. But from a playing standpoint, uh, I don't know anybody who's better at doing his time. Yeah. I mean, those two years he was in St. Louis, he was the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. All-star both years. Uh, elegant, professional I mean, another guy who reeks what the Hall of Fame should be all about. Yeah. We will take a break. It is the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com. Back in 30 seconds. Can Graybar help my electrical and datacom jobs be more productive? Yep. Our supply chain services are designed to do just that. Like job site services? Yep. We deliver the products you need where and when you need them, no matter your industry. What if I have technical questions? Yep, our specialists are top-notch. Emergency support? Yep, even after hours. 
they're a unicorn. When you need to keep your projects productive and profitable, rely on Graybar to help you get the job done right. No unicorns required. Yep, Graybar does that. Back here, it's the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show with Claves and Joe, powered by Graybar and driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. And hey, this week, if you are uh, looking to escape the heat in St. Louis, head on over to the place in Alton, Illinois, Claves, that has the coldest beer in all of town. Coldest beer, peel and eat shrimp, Fast Eddie burgers, everything you could imagine will be at Fast Eddie. Fast Eddie, we were together this weekend. He was in Chicago. Uh, and that place just rocks, man. I mean, there's so many people who just make that a staple for them as far as their entertainment, uh, whether it's lunch or just hanging out and catching games, you name it, they have it, live entertainment. Uh, it's, it's a really cool place. And if you haven't been there, you should check it out. And, of course, the only rule is you got to be 21 or over. And you just never know who's going to be walking through the door there. So I always find Fast Eddie's to be my spot, certainly in Alton, Illinois, just across the bridge. They have a dispensary right next door. If you're looking for some of those items as well. So everything you need is under, gosh, within walking distance, entertainment, good food, good drinks, cold beer, and, and cold is big this, this time of year. But it's all found at Fast Eddie's Bonaire in Alton, Illinois. All right, Klebs. Uh Last week at Munganass Alton Toyota, a uh, big revelation uh, was made. I, I had no idea that Mission Impossible was a TV show before it became a, uh, what are we on, number seven now yeah. of the uh, of the featured films. And you gave me a homework assignment. You told me you wanted me to go back. They're actually all seven seasons of it is on Paramount Plus. So if you have Paramount Plus, all seven seasons of the Mission Impossible TV show is uh, is there. So I need to ask you, what happened between season one and season two where they just completely uh, recast the main character in that? Yeah, well, Stephen Hill, who was in Law and Order, he was in the first season of Law and Order as well. Uh, he's an ordained rabbi. Uh, there was a contractual issue that took place and they went out and found Peter Graves and he took over and Peter Graves ran the show. It, it was only one person in the whole cast that was in every episode. Is that Peter Lupus? Yes. Very good call. Thank you. How big uh, was that? Was like from the very first episode, seeing him on there. I mean, this this took place. This started back in what 1966. Like he had to be just a monster of a human back in 1966. For just he how how big of a guy that he was. You know what? The only guy who was bigger than him in that era was Clint Walker, who was in a TV show called Cheyenne. He was also in the Dirty Dozen, uh, and I believe Clint just recently passed. But those two guys were mammoths, you know, they didn't play pro football or, you know, there's some guys that play pro football that were doing TV shows and things like that. But these guys were legitimate actors. And uh, it was an interesting show it was way ahead of its time as far as the thought process was concerned. But once Peter Graves settled in, you know, Martin Landau, Barbara Bain, uh, Greg Collier, all those guys, uh, Greg Morris. All those that 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 main nucleus stayed together for a long time until the end. And then Leonard Nimoy was part of uh, um, Mission Impossible at the end as well. So it, it didn't have any changes, but it was a very interesting show. Uh, Tom Cruise is obviously taking it to another level. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was cool. It was must-watch TV on Saturday night. Clint Walker uh, from Hartford, Illinois, uh, yes. right here in the, uh, in the area. It's funny you mentioned that Leonard Nimoy was in some of the episodes because one I was uh, actually just watching today had um, – 
oh my god, I'm forget drawing a blank on his um who um Star Trek. Who else was on um Star God bless it. William the Shatner. Main, yes, William Shatner. There was an episode William Shatner was uh was in. So I was uh, I was just watching that one earlier. So to see nineteen seventy William Shatner from fifty years ago was uh was something. They I mean that's that was a big name back then, right? He because Star Trek would have been going right on in Star Trek, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I got the the budget that they probably had for some of the cosmetics that they did, some of the special effects and everything to have the masks every episode too. I, I that that feels like it was ahead of its time back in the day too, as well. It's still using it today. You watch Mission Impossible. There's going to be that scene always in in each episode or each movie, uh, and they try to stay close to the script. Uh, they have their impossible mission force. They don't call it that in the movies, but that's what it is. That's what it was in TV. Uh, I always found the coolest part about it is when Peter Graves would go through his list of people who were available to be used for a certain mission. And he'd throw the photos on the, on the, you know, on the couch and he'd go through that. And he was always those four people he was always going to use. And then there was always a guest star from time to time that would be inserted as far as being part of the impossible mission force for that, that particular mission. So it was uh it was a lot of fun uh and it's held up over time that's the other thing it's held up over time we uh yeah after uh, after the show last monday we went into uh jamie burkhardt's office the uh the gm over there <laughs> at mung and assault and toyota and I, I think uh i sat there for about felt like another half an hour as the two of you just went back and forth talking episodes of uh of mission impossible talking and uh what, what else were you guys the uh, the other shows you guys were rattling off to each other. Well, I don't know. You know what? We got into that last night. Ricky Horton, Chip Carey, uh, Michael Whitty from the PR department. It was like about a half a dozen of sitting around, and the the TV show Sea Hunt came up. I know you haven't seen that one either. Whitty's younger than I am, so how how was he able to hang? Well, in we, we, were okay. we were educating Whitty, uh, Lloyd Bridges, uh, and so. It, it it inspired me. So my mother was a really good athlete, uh, high school athlete, college athlete. But she would put me in swimming classes on a, on a regular basis because she didn't want her conscious that her baby drowned because he didn't know how to swim. So I was a huge, avid swimmer. And Lloyd Bridges was a retired Navy frogman. And he was scuba diving every week. And he would narrate what was going on. Anyway, if you watch it, it's it's a little dated. But it was really cool because Lloyd Bridges was a cool cat. Uh, the word is Lloyd Bridges might have been the nicest person in Hollywood. Everyone liked him. You know, he raised two sons. He ended up being in the acting business as well. But Lloyd Bridges was a cool cat, man. So we got into that last night. It was another show we were talking about. Uh, just going, We were kind of educating the kids, as, as I like to call it, so they can have something to do. It was a uh, big weekend at the box office. I might try to go see Oppenheimer this afternoon what the show times are here in the uh in the area but i know that that finished second to bar the barbie movie uh this, this well movie. i know i'm not gonna see the barbie movie so i'm I, gonna try and see oppenheimer here catch a matinee at some point yeah so i'm i'm gonna try to go see that this afternoon so maybe we'll have uh more more movie cinema talk to talk about next week well you know all you have to do is roll out rammer and, and what i don't know rammer has and you know i've always felt like if there was an ultimate trivia night, give me Rammer, Earl Lawson Jr., Randy Carricker, Chip Carey, it would take on anybody. See, I feel like you—that's you, too. You need younger. You need younger. Yeah, no, in that okay, so you know, if you if you're a little hipper, 
you can carry the, the younger in. Yeah. You, you're pretty versatile. You need, I was the last trivia night I went to, they had a category where it was all like youth sayings, the things that the kids are saying now and so what they in. mean. It, yeah. It, 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 we'll cover everything else. Yeah, that's fine. And then I'll get the pizzas and the beer then after. So let me, so <laughs> let me tell you, I told you a story about, I'll tell you a story about the trivia night we had. Yeah. <laughs> That, that guy said, "You guys want?" He said, "You guys want?" Yeah. Why don't you bring back some answers? You ain't done anything else. <laughs> you can get me started on that guy. Well, claims, hey, try to stay cool out there in the uh, in the desert. Uh, Adam Wainwright makes it. Adam Wainwright makes his return tonight to the uh, to the Cardinals. Been off for three weeks, and we'll we'll see what uh, if he's able to get closer to two hundred. I, well, I know that's they, the ultimate they need goal him. Here. They need him to give us innings tonight yeah okay uh this bullpen is chewed up right now and uh wrigley field will do that to you uh so we'll make a move today uh, i'm thinking zach thompson probably goes out because consider he's pitched two days in a row he can't help you today so wayno will be on the roster and uh we're getting closer to having tommy Edmond back i think he took some live bp yesterday so uh we'll see what happens but this is going to be a very interesting week uh I can't tell you what's going to happen. I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen, despite what you hear. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, we will. Uh, Rammer and I will have daily cards later on this afternoon once those lineups come out and those roster moves are made. So we will get you up to date on all of that later on today here on Claves Online. Until then, he is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. This has been the Amron Illinois Lunch Show, powered by Gray Bar, driven by Munganash St. Louis Acura, each and every Monday right here on ClavesOnline.com. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 100 new Acura models and over 160 pre-owned models in stock or on the way in May. Get 4.9% financing for up to 60 months on 2023 Acura MDXs, TLXs, Integras, and RDX models. Or get a certified rate as low as 3.49% on certified TLX and MDX models. And you can earn up to $1,500 in loyalty incentives. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.